2: hey everyone welcome to the roto grinders morning grind podcast i'm your host Stevie tpfl it's thursday it's april 27th it is 2023 we have five baseball games we're going to talk about here on today's podcast there's two slates today uh but it looks like most of the sites are doing like a five game main slate um the slates are really spread out on other sites um for the early games so we're going to focus on the main slate it has the big tournaments and um yeah we'll give us give you all our thoughts joined today by the commish nick what's happening
1: hey man good to be back appreciate you having me
2: heck yeah man um i you, listen you can get fired after the first time so you know you gotta invite <laughs> back and uh, that's always a plus right
1: yeah i mean hopefully it goes well tonight get invited back for a third time and uh just keep going, right? You just you want to keep showing up to work and not get fired. That's the goal.
2: I see your jacket. You have a Cavs jacket on. I'm very disappointed in the Cavs. Um, I really thought they would beat the Knicks, and I'm very sad about it because I had a lot of uh, bets on them, and I was very excited because like Milwaukee is struggling a little bit, and it's like, come on, man, Cavs, you could get there. So um, <laughs> not with JB, not- man.
1: Like, if, like I, I've just watched JB Bickerstaff too many times to. To know that he was going to get outclassed in this series,
2: yeah. I Just I don't know. I had I had good feeling about Cleveland, but uh, Knicks did their thing. Hopefully Julius Randle's good. Um, would love to see him be able to play and be healthy for that um, series against. We don't know yet, right? We don't know who they're playing yet. So we do not. We will see. So.
1: It should be entertaining though. Whoever they end up against, whether it's uh, I think it's Miami or Milwaukee, I don't. I think the NBA just goes like bracket style.
2: The whole playoffs have been entertaining. I mean, you know, the West, we knew the West was going to be entertaining, but I mean, the Memphis beating the Lakers like they did tonight, like the whole NBA playoffs has been, I mean, fun to watch. And I mean, after this regular season, I'm just, I'm kind of (laughs) glad the playoffs have been, you know, good to watch or fun to watch. So excited for some baseball. Um, I have no idea how my slate's going to end up on wednesday night um i mean drew smiley was kind of doing his thing like i would hope for and then gave up a triple to cronenworth the angels are very popular and they're starting to put it on um, oakland in that game so i mean there's so many players that are owned in these late games so we have really no idea where we're at um until these games are up so Hopefully everyone has a good Wednesday night. Let's talk some Thursday baseball. We have no shortest of you know, no shortness of great pitching on this slate. You know, <laughs> yesterday we were struggling for you know who's our top end option. You don't have to worry about that today. There are options and they are there. So we get started with Baltimore at Detroit, Gibson and Wentz facing off against each other, eight total. The Orioles are a 148 favorite in this game. Any thoughts here on Kyle Gibson?
1: Uh, Kyle Gibson, I mean, I, I was relatively high on Gibson coming into the season. I thought that the Orioles might have been able to do a couple of things with his pitch makes, and the Orioles have had a good reputation in recent seasons, becoming more analytically driven. It just hasn't really panned out. So far, Gibson's been really tough on righties, but he's been really, really bad against lefties so far. Against lefties, he has... Uh, a 568 fit a 170 whip and a, a 306 opponent batting average so not not something that not not a guy that i love in this spot i think you know his price tag on dK 7400 i think there's some better options that that you could look at in that price range maybe well, I know we'll get to him later but Luke casey
2: maybe a little bit cheaper so i'm not a huge fan of Gibson tomorrow I mean, he just dominated this team, like just absolutely dominated this team, had his first good start. I mean, he's had some decent starts this year. Um, I mean, Detroit's just bad. At the end of the day, this team's just not good. They're one of the worst teams in baseball against right-handed pitching, second worst WRC+, I think third worst ISO, and a 25% K rate as a team. So Gibson, I think, on two pitcher sites makes sense. as like an SP2 if you want to save some money. I think the chalky build today is going to be double barrel because there are mean, I mean, just Cole McCallahan Cease. like We just have three absolute studs on this slate and it's not hard to fit two of those guys in. So I think, you know, double barrel is going to be very easy to kind of do today. But I think if you're paying down, if that White Sox game does have some weather and we need to pay down for an SP two, I think Gibson is fine. On the other side of this game, Joey Wince. Um, I can say for certainty, I don't want to play Joey Wince.
1: <laughs> really, 50 fifty one hundred, even, even that cheap, you don't want to take any stab at at a guy who hasn't really been able to get anyone out at the major league level.
2: No, nah, doesn't sound like a recipe for success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with uh, you. Yeah. I, I'm with
1: you. There's you can, you can always find at least one data point to try to talk yourself into something, but it's just, it, there's a lot of mental gymnastics involved. If you try to say anything real positive about Joey Wentz.
2: Yeah. I mean, just nothing supporting wanting to play him at all in this spot. Uh, you know, if we look into the numbers, 6.3 XFIP, 19% Ks, 11% walks really struggling with righties. Like just can't get righties out. They're not missing the bats. They're hitting a ton of fly balls. Um, so yeah. No interest for in me in wins. Let's talk Baltimore bats though, because I mean, I think you have to have interest in Baltimore in this mm-hmm. spot. You know, they're just, if Hayes doesn't play, um, yeah, it's like a sore hand from, I think he got hit by a pitch or something. Uh, if he doesn't play, that's going to potentially open up, maybe a cheap bat in this lineup, but I mean, they're not overly cheap. What are your thoughts on Baltimore?
1: I, I, I think there's a couple of guys that, that you can target. I think one guy who's a little bit more on the expensive end that, that makes a lot of sense is, is Ryan Mountcastle. This year has just been has been slaughtering left-handed pitching. Uh, OPS over 1,000 so far, 344 batting average. His ISO is over 400. 92% better than, than league average against left-handed pitching so far, measured by runs created plus. I know it's a small-ish sample size to begin the year, but I think Mountcastle makes a lot of sense. I typically just – my my main advice is we're just avoiding Rushman and and avoiding Gunnar Henderson when when facing a left-handed pitcher with the Orioles. They're just they're they're not at their best in these situations. So I, I, my main advice here would be stay away from those two. Like you said, maybe look at some cheaper bats with Baltimore. I think there's some 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 lower-tier price guys that could probably have some success in this lineup. Mountcastle would be my favorite guy who's on the the more expensive end.
2: I will say like lefty lefty doesn't worry me as much in this matchup one because Wentz hasn't thrown more than 75 pitches I think one time this season in his four starts and two the Detroit bullpen has a lot of right-handed arms so this might be one of those times that I'm okay with you know playing a Mullins or you know along those lines of Baltimore I think like if you're stacking them up I think it's okay to mix in like a Mullins a Henderson type of play but I mean, Mount Castle is gonna be my favorite by far. Like it's not even that close. He's my favorite option here. So gonna have a ton of interest in him. If Mateo is in the lineup, he's a guy that's hit left-handed pitching really well. Um, so he's another guy that I, I want to get interest. Like Mateo hits the ball on the ground a ton too. And from what we've seen so far with Wentz, is he's going to be a flyball guy. Um, so I think that's a guy that benefits from a flyball pitcher. So no issues in this spot. I hope Hayes plays. I hope that it was just like Kind of okay, and he plays because he's another ground ball guy, and he would really benefit in this matchup from facing Wince. Uh, any yeah, interest think, in the Detroit bats?
1: Uh, not really. I think if you're going to go anyone, I, I think I think you want to you want to look at a left handed bat in this spot. I think Matan, if he ends up leading off, Riley Green has put together some good at bats against against right handed pitching this season. Um, I know I know Luge Cash the other day on Kerry Carpenter hitting a home run, so I think. Some cheap lefties, like if you're looking for a cheapish lefty, I I think there's some guys in here. Wouldn't really mess around with with any of the righties. Again, like I mentioned the splits with Gibson, how bad he's been against lefties so far, but it's been the complete opposite against righties. A whip, .79, 190, opponent batting average, really healthy 24 to 5, K to walk percentage. So I would just avoid the righties here, and and I would stick to the lefties if, if you're looking to get a Detroit bat.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton of interest in Detroit. I mean, I'm like I said, I do have interest in Gibson. If I wasn't going to play Gibson, Carpenter, um, Matt Green would be my plays. But I don't have a ton of interest in this spot for Detroit. I mean, they're just not a good offense. And yeah. I do think Gibson is a good pitcher. If Gibson picks up a lot of ownership throughout the day, and I mean, this is going to be a low owned team, then sure, I think that's where I would have um, more interest in them. I think it all kind of depends, too on what the weather does. i um, in this White Sox game. It looks like it's going to be okay. Um, I know there are some concerns about early, early day weather in Chicago. So I have to kind of see how that plays out.
1: Yeah. I'm curious. Cause you mentioned Gibson pitched against Detroit, pitched really well against them his last turn through the rotation, but it's a hyper proximity matchup. So Detroit, we could both agree, not a very good offense, but it is their, their second time seeing Gibson here in just a handful of days. Do you give any more stock to Detroit's line or in general, just bad lineups in the situation where they're facing Gibson, who's an okay starter, but not a top tier starter for the second time in a really short period of time.
2: I mean, if you want to look into it a lot, I mean, he kind of got a little lucky last time he had a one-eleven 11 Babbitt. So, I mean, he ran good on balls in play. Um, but he still had a pretty high home run to fly ball ratio in that game. I think he gave up one home run and only had like three fly balls or four fly balls. So um, I don't typically love pitchers facing the same team, but Detroit's offense is so bad that I don't think it matters. Um, Like if he's facing the New York Yankees and he had a good game against them and he's facing them again in the same matchup, like then I'm a little bit more worried, but I mean, Detroit's just not a good team. And like, he's a guy where he consistently throws, you know, six innings, six plus innings. And I mean, at his price, I think that's one of the reasons that I have interest in him in this matchup. Cool, cool.
1: Which just curious. I know a lot of people have different thoughts on the hyper proximity oh, yeah.
2: matchups. Yeah, no problem. What's up, YouTube? I see you guys all saying hi. What's up? Hope you're all having a fantastic Wednesday night over there. We got Tampa Bay at Chicago taking on the White Sox seven total in this game the Razor minus 146 favorite cease against McClanahan. I can't wait to watch this baseball game. I hope the weather's okay. Um, we'll talk Shane McClanahan first. I mean, the guy's just been uber consistent this season. At least six strikeouts in every single start. Pitched against this time, team last time out. Had 10 strikeouts. Um, I mean, this is one of those situations that we were just talking about. Uh, what are your thoughts here on McClanahan? I love McClanahan. I, I think the White Sox, they, they have a reputation – the
1: last couple of seasons as being a lineup that really mashes left-handed pitching. And that had been true for a while. There was one stretch a couple of years ago where they had won like something ridiculous, like 19 straight games against uh, left-handed starting pitching. But this year they've been really underwhelming so far uh, entering play today. They were 19th in OPS, 11th in ISO about middle of the pack in walk rate and K rate against left-handed pitching, looking at the weather tomorrow. I know you already, you touched on it a little bit, but, Wind when looks like it's going to be blowing in uh, temperature below 60 degrees, potentially even colder than that by the time it gets it, it gets around to, to first pitch here. So McClanahan, I like I, I think the, the one thing, too, that I look for in these hyper proximity matchups or uh, in, in spots where you might be a little bit nervous to take a guy is what does the pitcher do a good job of controlling things that he can control? So McClanahan does a really good job getting ahead in counts, putting pressure on opposing hitters allows McC- mcclanahan to 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 play more his game plan on the mound you can look that last start first pitch strike percentage north of 70 percent. outside of that one start against toronto this year he's been 68 percent or better now in four of his five turns through the rotation so that's something as as a, a fan of baseball as a coach of baseball like if you can get ahead ahead in the count you have a really safe floor from pitch to pitch and of course we know the stuff mcclanahan has and the guy he shows up he shows up every time he's on the mound so i I'll never talk anyone out of putting McClanahan in the lineup, especially when the weather is, is relatively pitcher-friendly, which it looks like it is right now.
2: Yeah, Tim Anderson's getting close to being back, but it doesn't sound like he'll be back for this series. Um, mm. I know he went on a rehab assignment, and then um, grandall's dealing with a little bit, little bit of a back injury, but I don't know if that really matters too much um, because I kind of want grandall to be in there. I think he offers more strikeout upside. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, we just, watch, we just watch Kikuchi just do his thing. Like – you know, a lefty facing the White Sox on um, Wednesday. It was one of the day games, and he just kind of mowed them over um, with ease. And I think I think we all can agree that McClanahan is a much better pitcher than him. So I, I think, like, if we can see that type of game, I think he ended up with, like, eight strikeouts, and he's, like, a 21, 22% K-rate guy. That's a 32% guy. So um, it's hard not to have interest here in McClanahan I mean, Dylan Cease on the other side of this game. I mean, Brown was someone that I ended up on late, 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 late on Wednesday. Um, And he had one of the better games. You still don't feel good about right-handed pitchers against Tampa Bay because this lineup is just so sound. Do you have any interest here in Dylan Cease?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed.
1: N- not a ton. I, I mean, again, the, the weather should be relatively picture friendly, but cease is not a guy who I trust nearly as much in a hyper proximity situation. And especially you look at uh, the price you're going to have to pay for him. You're going to have to pay 9,200 over on DK to get Cease in your lineup. And there's a couple other options. Like, I mean, you, you mentioned Gibson. I think if you're going to take someone in a hyper-proximity matchup, you're getting uh, Gibson for far cheaper. And you look at what Cease just did his last time out a few days ago, four innings, three earned in runs, five strikeouts. And you look at, again, like some of the controllable statistics, Cease 50% first pitch strike percentage against them, uh decent amount of contact in the zone. Didn't really get him to chase a whole lot, so this is one thing that Tampa Bay has been doing a better job of, as a as a lineup as a whole this year is their swing decisions are a lot better. They're they're giving opposing pitchers much tougher at bats. A guy like Dylan Cease, who sometimes struggles with his efficiency on the mound, throws a lot of pitches uh, early in games. I think there's a real risk. Again, the we- the weather's on Cease's side here, but I think there's a risk that Cease just doesn't get very deep into this ball game. And, and Tampa Bay's approach is, is to try to get into that Chicago bullpen and run that pitch count up. All
2: right, let's talk bats. Any interest in the Tampa bats in this one? Always interest in the Tampa bats. I, I think it it it
1: depends who you, who you get in the lineup, but there's – I mean, I'm not talking anyone out of – of anything, the way Tampa Bay has been, been swinging the bats, uh, like like any of these guys, you look at you, you look at Wander, you look at, at Yandy, you look at Arroserena, you look at Brandon Lau, it's J- Josh Lau. Like all of these guys have been swinging the bats really well. I think it, it, it if you're looking for a stack, it might not be the best weather game hitting wise. And of course, you're going against C's, so even uh, a, a struggling version of C's is still not a, a great matchup to stack against here. But I think. There's plenty of opportunity on a day-to-day basis to get these guys in. I think uh if you if you're if you're looking for a guy, I think Josh Lauf if he's in the lineup is is a, a nice guy to target here.
2: Yeah, I mean I think it's a stack spot or stay away. It's so hard to one off these guys because of the price, but it's gonna be really hard to stack them today because of the price as well with the pitching that we have. So I probably end up underweight on Tampa. I don't cease would probably be my least favorite of the three top end options, so like. It's just one of those spots where I hope that like C's puts up like 18 and Tampa doesn't like go bonkers kind of thing. So um just a weird it's just such a tough spot. And I mean the other side of this game, I don't really have any interest in the White Sox. So you look at the lineup up and down, and outside of Robert and Jimenez, um maybe burger, like there's just so many strikeouts, um, little power, and I'm just struggling to get any of these guys today. Yeah,
1: Robert would be my only guy, but You know, he's 4,900 against Shane McClanahan. So that's not someone who I would be itching to get into my lineup or forcing to get into my lineup. He's just – he's a guy who sees left-handed pitching really well. But, again, the weather, the matchup, not great.
2: So I I would look elsewhere in
1: that price range.
2: All right, we got Washington heading to New York to face the Mets. Eight and a half total in this game. Luke AC against Williams. Mets, 235 favorites. Uh, Any interest here in Trevor Williams?
1: no never i just tre- trevor williams to me is just he's not a good pitcher especially when he's in the starting rotation Uh major splits last year uh playing for a washington team that uh, has surprised the last couple of days and, and put together some good performances against the mets i think the mets bats are just they're, they're due to have a much better day at the plate and williams is a a decent guy to to beat up on uh you look at at some some of the splits Williams 6.05 fifth against left-handed batters this year. It's been it's been similar throughout his career. 8.7% strikeout rate this season against lefties, which you go back to to last season and it's it's more of the same. He's relatively competent against righties. He was actually pretty good against righties last year. Uh, 31 to six K to walk rate, but he just does not miss bats against lefties. And the Mets have the ability to put a good number of lefties in this lineup. So absolutely no interest for me in in Trevor Williams tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I mean Trevor Williams is not a guy I want to play against a team that doesn't strike out. He has a 15% K rate. This team has a 18% K rate. I mean they're gonna there's gonna be a lot of balls in play here, whether or not they be good balls or bad balls. I mean I just I just don't see really any upside when you're looking at him in this spot. Luke C, someone that I loved in his first start of the season, um, just absolutely dominant in that start. It was it was great to watch. You know, really a guy. Coming back from injury, we really haven't seen. San Francisco has been awful against left-handed pitching. And I'm not saying Washington's been good. I mean, they have very little power against lefties. The strikeouts are going to go down in this matchup. Washington, as a team, has one of the lowest strikeout rates in baseball against left-handed pitching this season. Um, I mean, they've done a great job of putting the ball in play. I think it's like 15%. So they have the lowest power, like ISO numbers, but they have the best strikeout rate. Um, any interest here in Luke C?
1: yeah I still have interest meant I mean they, it's funny like they literally are dead last 30th in ISO but they're they're top 10 in OPS they have the the second fewest strikeouts only behind Houston on a percentage basis. but Lucsey's a guy I just I, I like a lot his, his return to the big leagues you look at his his rehab starts he, he built himself up really well, only gave up uh, one run across his last 11 and two thirds innings in the minor league struck out 12 guys, did a good job with his command especially in that last start getting stretched out. And then yeah, the, the Giants are abysmal against left-handed pitching, so that definitely played into Lucese's dominance last his last turn through the rotation. But this is a guy I'm pretty high on. And I know a lot of people are probably gonna look at Casey and say, Oh, like perfect matchup coming back against the Giants, and that's the only reason he took advantage of that opportunity. But there are guys who would come back in that spot and and they wouldn't strike out nine guys and and deliver, I, I think it was it was seven scoreless innings. Yeah, you have four hits, walk two guys. So I think everything about that first start was really encouraging. Some of the same stuff worked ahead in the zone a lot, got a lot of swings and misses outside of the zone. So I think he has the ability to induce a lot of weak contact the strikeouts. I think you're right. You have to be realistic about how many you're going to get here, but especially like you said, if there's, if you're in a a tournament with with, where you need two pitchers, I really like Luke Casey, especially at the price point.
2: Yeah. I mean, Luke Casey, Gibson, Molly. um, I mean, just in great spots overall. So I think like you could, any of these three guys, if you're paying up for one pitcher and paying down for like an SP2, makes a ton of sense. Um, so Luke AC is just too cheap for his ability. Um, I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, we have sample on him. Like we know what he's capable of. We also know that he's capable of walking a bunch of guys, um, which is always somewhat concerning. But I, I do think that Washington just doesn't have any power. I don't see him getting blown up in this game. I mean, they might single him to death, but I mean, I just don't. I don't think this is the spot you really want to target the Washington bats. And I think this is the spot you want to target Luke AC. Um, I mean, for the Washington bats, I really just, I don't have a ton of interests. Manessis is someone that like, we kind of want to have power. Um, I mean, it just, it hasn't really happened too much this season. Um, Do you have any interest here when it comes to the Washington bats? Not really. (laughs) I mean, I I have the
1: same thoughts, uh, with, with Manessas, I don't know, there's, there's not a lot here with the Nationals. They, 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 like you said, they've done a, a relatively good job as a an entire lineup of putting together some decent at bats and putting a little bit of pressure on lefties. But there's no one in, like, it's like the Rays where you said, you know, stack or stay away. And I definitely don't want to stack a Washington Nationals lineup. It's just for me, it, I've struggled to pinpoint, like, who is the guy that's gonna to drive in runs for the Nationals today if they're gonna drive in runs because they're dead last in ISO, like you said. So for me, it's I I just want to stay away from the nationals.
2: I mean, if you want to hedge stack, if like he gets some ownership here and you want to take like a, a lane Thomas or Robles or call if he hits leadoff, but I mean, I'm not going out of my way to play Washington today. I do have interest in the Mets. I hate the ballpark, hate city field. Um, so like probably more of like a secondary stack for me, but I mean, Williams is a very hittable pitcher and I mean, there's some good bats throughout this lineup. So, what are your thoughts on the Mets? I agree. I, I also agree on Lane Thomas. Like
1: you're going to get a guy. He's 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 hit left-handed pitching pretty well this year, uh, 940 OPS. But yeah, the lefties I, I think against Trevor Williams would be the way to go in my mind. You can you can get Vogelbach at at 2300 tomorrow. I think he's an interesting guy to throw in there with uh, an 870 OPS against right-handed pitching this year. He's pretty much a right-handed pitching specialist. The guy has a handful of hits maybe in his career against left-handed pitching. So when, when he sees a righty on the mound, this is obviously when he has to earn his money. Uh, I think Jeff McNeil, just a high-contact guy against Trevor Williams, who isn't going to strike anyone out. He's McNeil's got a reputation for running a BABIP way higher than it theoretically should be from a math perspective, but I think there is something to McNeil being able to, quote-unquote, hit it where they ain't, and he's got good he's got good barrel control through the zone. So I like Vogelback, I like McNeil at second base. I think Frankie Lindor's eventually going to have to bust out of this. Uh, I I don't, I don't love the price. Like I think there's cheaper Mets that you can, you can try to get into a lineup today, but if it's a spot where you feel like you want to stack, I think, I think full send on as many lefties in this New York lineup as you can get tomorrow. Weather is probably the only concern, but the weather's not great anywhere. So I don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to
2: use that as a a discounting criteria. Yeah. Best hitting conditions might be Texas inside. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Which, which i mean it's the end of april um, we're going we're going to start getting much better weather throughout the country eventually um, but yeah a lot of games in the 50s and 60s again today so but yeah i mean i always i always like playing guys like nimmo um i mean alonzo just against anybody really um and then like if you get any of these cheap bats and know like they've been playing some brett batty if he's in there i mean he's a guy that has a little bit of pop so don't mind, like, taking some shots on him. Alvarez is super cheap. Um, I mean, this guy, I I know I keep talking about this guy, but, like, I mean, he is a very talented hitter. Um, I mean, they're trying to find spots to get him in the lineup because he's not a great catcher. Um, So uh, if he's in there, I mean, he has some pop. He really hasn't shown it a lot, but I think he hit his first home run the other day finally. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think the Mets are very, very interesting in this spot. We got Kansas City at Minnesota, eight total in this game. The Twins, a 190 favorites. Zach Granke against Tyler Molly. Um, any interest here in uh, our good friend Zach Granke?
1: Now, the Twins rested a couple of guys today. They had an afternoon tilt. I think, you know, if they get Buxton back in the lineup, if they if they have their full-strength lineup tomorrow, there's, there's just not a lot of upside with Granke anytime he steps on the mound. At this point in his career, you can see his game log this year, four runs against the Angels, four against Atlanta, three against Texas, uh pitched relatively well against Toronto and, and Minnesota's first couple of times through the rotation. But he's probably you're probably looking at four strikeouts or less here, and it's not a guarantee that he's gonna get into the sixth inning. So when when you're looking at the the price points that we talked about, it's just I think there's there's better options in that that, that you could take a look at here. I think the I think it's a it's a spot I would stay away from with Zach Ranky.
2: Yeah, we're not playing him today too many good pitchers on the slate he's struggling to get ground balls this year and i mean that's what saves saves him from time to time is just his ability to get out of innings because of ground balls and he's just he's really struggling to get the ground balls this year and we're seeing him give up more home runs i mean he's sitting at a 1.65 home run per nine it was really close to like his 2021 20, numbers where he was struggling to get the ball on the ground too so i i mean minnesota is one of my favorite stacks on the slate again like the weather is concerning it's going to be in the 60s there's potential rain the wind's blowing in all of the fields like all of the spots are like that today so i mean eventually we're going to have to play some of these guys um <laughs> yeah. so i think this is a great spot for the bats we'll talk about them in just a second um tyler molly i mean I, I kind of said it when i was talking about like these secondary type pitchers luke c molly luke Casey, or and um gibson and like Molly is just kind of in that mold. He gets one of the worst offenses in baseball against Kansas city on paper. They should be better than they are. I mean, this is a, there's a good group of like talented young hitters on this team. What are your thoughts here on Tyler Molly? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think this is a spot where, where you can, you
1: can grab him in if you're looking for, if you're either going cheap on pitching across the board, I think him plus another guy makes sense. I think if you're looking for a secondary pitcher in that secondary tier, he makes sense as well. You mentioned the matchup. I—he's just—he's a guy who takes care of business, and especially uh, in in coldish weather and, and pitcher-friendly conditions, which it was his last start against Washington. He went six and a third, gave up the, the one run on three hits. He struck out four. I think there's a little bit of a risk. It looked like, and Washington makes a decent amount of contact as well in general, so that might have been part of it. But it did look like the game plan was a little bit more two-pitch to contact in that game as well, just the way he was setting up some hitters and things like that. So. I think there's a little bit of a risk that you might not get as many Ks as you would like, or at least as many Ks as you might look at in paper. But, again, I'm not in the dugout. I'm not in the analytics meeting in the morning. I don't, I can't tell you uh, what the game plan is going to be. But he should get into the sixth inning in this spot. I, I think he's a, a good bet to get 18 outs, and that gives him a pretty high floor in my mind.
2: Um. Yeah, like $13 million deal with Kansas City last year for Granke and $8.5 and million this year um, or I, I said it backwards and in, in YouTube chat, but yeah, 8.5 million this year for Granky. Tyler Molly. Do- yeah, <laughs> just go out and lot to go out and throw pitches. Uh, he's been around. I mean, he's, you know, they're talking about it. Yes. Arizona, Houston, Dodgers, angels, brewers, and was drafted by the Royals in 2004. So I'm um, yeah. just touching on that YouTube chat conversation, but yeah, I mean, Tyler Molly, I mean, consistently throwing 90 ish pitches right now. You know, I think this is a spot he goes six. I, my only concern with Molly is I do think like Gibson and Luke C. have a higher ceiling than Molly. So, I mean, that's, that's the concern, especially because like Tyler Molly is more expensive than those two guys. I think he's an option. I, I really do. I think he's an option today. Um, but I don't know if being an option is enough on a five game slate with the arms that we have. So if it's he not- was, yeah, Sorry, I, I was going to say,
1: like, if you had to rank those three guys, Molly, Gibson, and Lucchese, who would you put one, two, and three if people are trying to, to, to find a second-tier guy to maybe throw with Cole or McClanahan?
2: I mean, if I'm considering price, it would be Gibson, Lucchese, Molly. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, right, Gibson, right. Gibson's my favorite. Um, Lucchese is cheaper than Molly, and they're probably really similar and have similar types of matchups. And, I mean, Molly's just $1,600 more than him, so... Mm-hmm. that's why I, I mean gibson's my favorite in that range and then like i said luke Casey. so i'm not running to play the kansas city bats um against tyler molly i do think there's some like they're very interesting in this spot as a like contrarian stack you know tyler molly's been great this year he's not walking people he's striking guys out his power that he gives up is to right-handed bats and i mean if you're looking at the Kansas city lineup, the best right bat is by far wit, but I mean, this is just a pesky team. So like, if they put together one of those starts where like they haven't shown that like they're willing to go Molly over a hundred pitches yet this season. So if they put together one of those starts where they're just kind of pesky and they get to the bullpen early, I mean, it's a five game slate and they can steal bases. They have home run power. What are your thoughts on this um, Kansas city offense?
1: I'm with you. I, I can't really justify paying for a guy like Pascantino. Mali like you said, a 103 opponent batting average against left-handed batters so far this year. I know there's been some good fortune on balls in play, but he's also just he's not allowing a ton of hard contact to lefties. The walk rate is really low. Like he's he's putting pressure on lefties in ways that he's just not against righties. So I I don't really want anybody in this KC lineup. And especially if you do end up with Molly in your lineup as one of your pitchers, I I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to even take a stab at Witt or any of these guys.
2: I like Minnesota a lot today. Um, I'm going to have a healthy amount of Minnesota in this game. Zach Greinke, like I said, he's just struggling to generate the ground balls this year. And I mean, this is a team that's been very frustrating this year, but they're a team that can, I mean, really turn it up against anybody. They have enough power in this lineup. Joey Gallo in this spot, I mean, against a low strikeout pitcher just has to be one of the like favorites to hit a home run just in general on this slate. Um, And then you get, Guys like Miranda, who finally – he finally put a game together on Wednesday. Um, coming off of a big game, he's starting to hit the ball better. I think this is a spot where Minnesota could break the slate.
1: I agree with you. I I, I, I think Joey Gallo is one of those guys. It doesn't matter how cold the weather is. It doesn't matter which way the wind's blowing. If he gets a hold of a pitch, he's got an opportunity to, to send it over the right field wall. Uh, Miranda, I think, is a, a sneaky pick as well larnich uh like like all of these guys have a really good matchup and I and Buxton is is expensive but if you find yourself with a little bit of extra money to spend I think Buxton is another guy who fits that criteria of he's got he's got home run potential no matter the weather no matter the game had an off day today uh should feel rested should feel as good as 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 he could possibly feel going into that lineup and one of the concerns I always have with Buxton is he swings and misses a lot but he's facing Granky, who I mean, we know Granky's not going to throw a by. I mean, like like Buxton's not going to going to whiff on a on a heater up in the zone. So, I think Buxton is another guy who like like if you're really going boom or bust with with the Twins, if you're putting a lot of guys in there, I I would have no hesitations with with Buxton, uh, you know, like all of these guys, everyone that you mentioned. I think anyone in this lineup is a, a decent bet
2: tomorrow uh just i mean before we move on to this last game they're talking about salvador perez being cheap on Fanduel. um i mean the other night when he, they're talking about him not missing a four leg harley because of perez home run he got i mean he got destroyed behind the plate the other night um i don't remember who was pitching but like they just kept throwing the ball in the dirt and he got hit like in the elbow he got hit in, like the forearm and like it was a brutal night to be behind the plate for for perez in that game so um that's the only bad thing about like Salvador Perez when he's actually catching and not DHing, is like he has to, <laughs> to catch. Um, but yeah, I I always like Salvador Perez and I always think that he's a great play on Fanduel because no one likes to play catchers over there. We finish it out with the Yankees going up against the Rangers. This game is currently at seven and a half, and the Yankees are a one fifty eight favorite. We got Cole and Heaney facing off against each other. Garrett Cole 11 1-2. Tell me why I shouldn't play Cole, um, because I full. F- <laughs> There's no chance I'm not playing him. But hey, I'll at le- least if you have any like arguments to not play him, I'll listen.
1: No, I, I don't have any arguments. I I put a bunch of money on Gear Cole to win the Cy Young at plus six hundred, and I am fighting the urge every day to add more. And the day before he plays this Texas lineup, I'm fighting the urge to to add even more into that investment. The line keeps going down in the futures market. I think it's like plus four hundred or plus three eighty or something like that now and I think it's going to keep getting lower and lower. The guy is absolutely locked in. I think this is something that I'm a very analytically driven person, but there's something about Cole being on a pitch clock that seems to have simplified the game for him. Garrett Cole has always been a guy who gets easily frustrated on the mound. It looks like he's a, he's a deep thinker. Like he's a very intellectual pitcher out there, but he gets frustrated when he doesn't feel like he doesn't get a call. You can see him maybe overthinking a game plan. He has a relatively deep pitch mix. So maybe having too many pitches to, to ponder, when there's not a restriction on the time to get a pitch off, it might've actually been hurting him the last couple of years. And I say hurting him, the guy's sort of three, five ERA and relatively good peripherals. But this year he seems a lot more comfortable. He seems a lot more like just get the ball, get the sign, deliver a pitch and hitters just look completely overmatched against him so far. we like Cole is obviously off to a great start and he hasn't had the most favorable of, of options either. I mean, he just dominated the Toronto blue Jays, Complete game shutout against the Twins. Like, I don't care what what you think of the Twins' offense. A complete game shutout with 10 Ks, two hits, and a walk against anyone is absolutely outstanding. They're just no one's having quality at bats against him right now. There's
2: there's no reason that Garrett Cole should not be in your lineup tomorrow. Ownership game theory would be the only like argument not to have interest in Cole, but I mean everything Nick just said. I mean this is just a guy you know consistently putting up 30 percent k rates every single season and the the Rangers lineup not bad not great not bad i mean they have some good hitters in this lineup garcia heim simeon um low i mean jankowski is like a a above average like contact guy but the bottom half of this lineup i mean grossman miller smith not great young is just he's young and he has a lot of talent but he's also going to strike out a bunch um still so I mean, yeah, this is a spot that I, I have a ton of interest um, in the Texas or in in Cole. Let's go to the other side of this game where we got Andrew Heaney facing the Yankees. Um, Heaney is currently sitting at a 4.3 ERA, but a 5.3 XFIP. Um, I mean, he's definitely got some regression numbers. Potentially walks are always concerning with Heaney. Um, he is someone that, you know, gives up home runs. Do you like him at all here against the Yankees? Who has I mean the Yankees have been one of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching this season, which makes no sense. Um, but they just haven't been good at all.
1: No, I I, I don't like Heaney here, and I mean it's twofold. I think I think the price like we, we've mentioned at least three guys for cheaper than Heaney that I think are better. Uh, probably the reason that he is a little bit more on the expensive side is because of what you just mentioned, the Yankees 27th in in OPS and uh, God, I'm still strong 29th in ISO against left-handed pitching this year. So that's as anemic as it gets, but I agree with you. I think there's, there's 0% chance that the Yankees end up a bottom five offense against left-handed pitching by the end of the season. It's one of those weird things early in the year where they just haven't got it going for whatever reason. Uh, but Heaney's really struggled against right-handed bats. The Yankees have continued to, to, to stack their lineup with five, six righties on a day-to-day basis. They probably will have even more, in there tomorrow against Heaney. Uh, 250 opponent batting average against righties this year, 453 fit. You mentioned the, the other numbers that are due for a little bit of regression. The walk rate is always something that's concerning. And I don't know. I mean, like, there's just like Andrew Heaney is, it, it looks like a good matchup on paper. Like, it's easy to talk yourself into this year, but based on the early season numbers, but I'm with you. It's one of those times where, again, like, as someone who's very analytically driven, the early portion of the season sometimes is difficult because you, you know that the numbers mean a little bit less than they will in May, in June, in July, they'll, they will be a lot more reliable. So I, I think this is a spot to pass on Heaney both for the price and because the Yankees are just simply, they're just a much better team against left-handed pitching than they've shown so far this year.
2: One thing I will note um, judge, I think it was a stolen base. He slid in a third and like jammed his hands. Um, he played the rest of the game, had a single and a walk after that. Um, there was a report that said that like Aaron Boone might give him a day off in this game. I mean, use it as an excuse to give him a day off. So watch the lineup. Um, I mean, this could potentially be like that low owned pitcher that breaks the slate that no one's playing today. So, I mean, I think you watch the lineup in this spot. If you have interests in Heaney, he's on the fence for me. It really would. I mean, if the Yankees roll out a non Judge lineup and, already a lineup that's kind of watered down um i think you you would have more interest because it would potentially add another left-handed bat and like condoro um in there if he's not in there so just kind of kind of look and see what the lineup looks like but um as far as the yankees bats go in this game i mean you eventually think like Lemayhu and torres um these guys are going to eventually get it going uh against left-handed pitching
1: yeah I- <laughs> you you would like to think so. It's it's pretty staggering to look at the early season production. Lemayhu with five sixteen OPS against lefties. Glaber uh, seven seventy four, which is all right. But you know that like there's there's potential for for so much more. The one thing that is interesting to note is is Judge has been horrific against lefties so far this season. Three seventeen OPS, forty uh, percent K rate. So Judge might get a day off. He doesn't look hurt like like you said. It looks like it just might be an excuse of like he needs a day off at some point anyway. So maybe. Maybe we'll just give it to him tomorrow. But if Judge is replaced in the lineup tomorrow with another righty, obviously I'm obviously people who know baseball and watch baseball know who Aaron Judge is, know that taking Aaron Judge out of any lineup is going to make that lineup theoretically worse. But Judge just has not been seeing lefties well at all to start the season. So I don't think it's as big of a loss right now at, if if it's another righty. I think the, the larger concern, like you said, is if the Yankees end up with a, somehow like a, a five-to-four split where there's four lefties in the lineup, then Heaney gets a little bit more steam here. But I, I'm with you. I think Volpe's been getting a little bit more air underneath the baseball. Uh, de- decent spot for him. He's been having some good at bats, especially if he's going to be near the top of the order. LeMayhew, an- another guy who just seems to have good at bats, a-, a walk rate almost 16% against lefties so far this year. Patient. The- his approach at the plate is too sound to, to have a-, a 516 OPS for the whole season. So a couple of those guys I, I could get behind, definitely.
2: The other one, um, on the other side of this game, the Texas bats, they're the ultimate leverage spot on this slate, but I'm not doing it. Um, I mean, if you want the ultimate leverage spot, go for it. Any interest here in the Texas bats?
1: No, just because Cole's been so dominant. lefty's 167 opponent batting average against him so far. Righty 143 opponent batting average. And you mentioned a couple of the other guys in the slate, like you mentioned Wentz might not be out there for too long. So, you might still be able to play Rushman or Henderson. You might not have to worry about the, the platoon split with, with some of those guys. But Cole is a guy who, who, if he's on, like he realistically could be in the game in the seventh and eighth inning. So these anybody that you would take from Texas, you're never going to get a potentially more favorable matchup against a weaker bullpen arm. So I'm passing on all Texas bats tomorrow. I think there's just better matchups. There's there's guys like we talked about Trevor Williams. We talked about Granke. Uh, we talked about you know targeting Wentz or, or even Gibson with some lefty, lefties from the Tigers. Like, if you need cheaper bats or you're trying to be smart on this slate, I think there's other ways to attack this that don't require you to to try to get
2: a hit or a, an extra base hit off of Garrett Cole. Yeah, I, I just I said ultimate leverage spot, but I'm not doing it. Uh, <laughs> just not only like is Cole great, the bullpen's good, and just I mean not not a spot that I'm gonna attack on today's slate so yeah all right let's play the morning grind game and then we will get out of here for thursday we'll go i mean we'll go under 8k to get six or more strikeouts who do you got i think you're gonna go gibson so i'm gonna go luke casey in the spot i am gonna go gibson i was gonna take one of those two guys over 8k to score under 15 who's your bus today i'm gonna
1: go I'm going to go Heaney. I think I think regardless of whether or not Judge gets back, is, is in the lineup tomorrow, I think I think the Yankees do some damage against Heaney. I think he has a bad day.
2: Tough matchup for Dylan Cease. I think he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, I'm going to go Dylan Cease today. Goes under 15. Over 4,000 to hit a home run. Who do you got going yard today?
1: I'm going with Buxton. I think the matchup's there. He should, he's, he's got a high probability to get... Uh, to make contact with the baseball, which, again, is always a risk with him. So I, I think if, if the weather is
2: even somewhat favorable, I think Buxton's got a decent shot. Give me Ryan Mountcastle. I like him to hit home run today. Oh, that's, a one. that's a good one. Under 4,000 to get two hits, who's a cheap bat that you like? I'm going Danny Vogelbach, two hits. All right, solid. Um, I'm going to ride the hot hand, I guess. Give me Jose Miranda coming off a two-home run game and then give me a stack to score six or more runs the twins the twinkies i like the twinkies too um if i'm not going twins give me baltimore um against wince those are baltimore and like the twins are going to be my two main teams today it's just finding out and looking at ownership for sure um so we'll have to kind of see how it plays out. Ton of interest in Joey Gallo. Gosh, I mean, this spot just I mean, dream like this is a dream spot for Gallo. Dream spot. So, Nick, always fun having you on. Thanks for hanging out, everybody in YouTube chat. If you haven't already, make sure you head on over to the rotor grinders morning grind YouTube page. Hit that subscribe button. Help us out. We're getting there. We're getting over we're getting over a thousand by the end of the year. It's happening. You guys are making it happen, and I appreciate it. Hope everyone has a fantastic Thursday. We'll be back Friday talking some more baseball. Good luck. We'll see you then. Good luck, everyone.